What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Go, 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 go. We are back. back. (laughs) Welcome back. To episode 23 of Rewriting Her Story, the podcast. Welcome to our Michael Jordan episode. Yes. The goat. (laughs) The fucking goat. Hmm. We have a new goat in town. I'm sorry. Let's let's just let's pump the brakes a little bit, okay? Oh, I'm I'm full steam ahead. This is Michael Jordan we're talking about. Floor it. This is Michael Jordan. Floor it. Full steam ahead. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's what they sound like when they announce his name and you're at a oh, game. Oh, I bet. You're like, do you even know how to say his last name? I mean, I don't, but <laughs> oh my God, what if Giannis listened to our podcast? Maybe he does and we just don't know it yet. Well, if he does, I fucking love you. I love your kid and I love your wife or soon to be wife. Maybe it's not your wife. I don't know, but she's gorgeous. I love you all. I love your whole family and your brother. <laughs> Even your ancestors, who aren't with us anymore. I love all of them. Adopt me, please. (laughs) Anyways. Yes. What are we going to tackle today? Today we are tackling disappointment and radical acceptance. Because in all honesty, the most effective way to deal with disappointment is radical acceptance. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, for example, the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, are probably just riddled with disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) And they can either sit in that disappointment and be mad and let it consume them and eat them up, or they can accept the fact that they lost and it is what it is and it's over with, right? Like anything else. Here's the thing. That's not to say that you aren't allowed to be disappointed, that you aren't allowed to feel let down, that you aren't allowed to feel some type of way. You are allowed to have your feelings. But here's the thing. When you allow those feelings to consume you and you perseverate on them and brood on them and just focus on how it was so fucking unfair that XYZ didn't happen for you or that XYZ did happen for you, what is that doing for you? Mm-hmm. I'll answer that for you. Fucking nothing. Right. It is. Uh, I'll I'll take it a step further. It's keeping you in that state of bitterness. Mm-hmm. So radical acceptance. What is it? Right. So radical acceptance means radical, meaning all the way, complete and total, and then acceptance. It's accepting in your mind, your body, and your heart. And it's when you stop fighting reality, you stop throwing tantrums because reality is not the way that you want it, and you let go of that bitterness and resentment. Mm-hmm. Please understand that this is one of the toughest coping skills in DBT. So by all means, you listening to this episode and being like, yeah, radical acceptance makes sense. Why can't I do this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It takes practice. So how do you enter into radical acceptance, right? How? So to me, my thought is the first step is you understand that you don't have control in this situation. Mm -hmm. There is nothing you can do to change the outcome. For example, 
I feel, I think I was the example, what words, the example I'm going to give, I was listening to an audiobook. man. I just had like an unlocked memory from like two years ago. I was listening to an audiobook right when I got audible and it was like a free one through audible, mm-hmm. like the pr- subscription, they give you certain free ones. Sure. And it was, it was like something on compassion. Maybe it was the book of compassion or the art of compassion. I don't know what it was, but she was talking about this example. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect. Radical acceptance, radical acceptance. Here's an example. Your, your flight gets delayed. And you have a connecting flight. And you're not going to make your connecting flight. You can absolutely get very upset. You can feel your feelings. You can feel the anger, the disappointment, that whatever comes with it. Radical acceptance is asking you to look at what good does it do or is it effective to act on those emotions? No. So we must accept wholeheartedly, mind, body, soul, emotions, that there's nothing we can do in this situation. And while it's frustrating, sending ourselves further into a spiral is not going to help. And we are not going to get through this emotion faster if we choose option B, which is losing our shit. Well, and here's the thing. That could that could look like you fucking popping off at the mouth to the person at the desk about your flight like it's their fault for what what purpose is that serving is that effective no you're just being offensive and you're being an asshole like that's not okay mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you can throw a tantrum you can get your chest and sit and think about how it's so fucking unfair and now I'm gonna be more tired and it's gonna take me forever to get home yeah all those feelings are valid but again when you allow that shit to consume you you are not coping in the moment. You're choosing to stay stuck in that moment and you're just going to relive it and replay it over and over and over. Again, it all comes down to choices. I tell people this in individual sessions and the gain guidance sessions that we do with Burns. We've done it. I've talked about in the masterclass. Radical acceptance was the hardest thing for me to A, internalize for myself, but B, to teach other people. Because in my head, I was like, fuck that shit. I want to be mad about that stuff. Like it's unfair. I need to be mad. That just made sense to me. Like, I needed to fucking feel justified in being mad about something and staying Mm -hmm. mad. Because in my head, radical acceptance was me saying, I'm okay with what happened. It's fine. Not the case. That's not what that means. All it means is no amount of overthinking it, wishing it would have been different, wishing something else had happened, is going to change the fact that that fucking shit happened. It happened. It is what it is. And now we're moving on. We teach people coping thoughts, right? Like cope ahead thoughts when it comes to that kind of stuff or coping in the moment thoughts. And it is what it is, is mine. Because I know in my brain that that makes sense to me of it is what it is. I can't change it. That works for me. For some people, it doesn't because it's too kind of like, not confrontational, but it's too just like blunt, I guess. Yeah. And it's not meant to be. They label it dismissive. I don't think it's dismissive, but it gets labeled as dismissive. Yes. Do you have one that you use? fuck this shit. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I think it depends on the situation. Some situations are easy for me to say it is what it is. Um, like scheduling errors or people being late or people late canceling or maybe not showing up to their appointments. Like those are things I can say it is what it is. Like it's just mm-hmm. par for the course. I do say that a lot. It's par for the course. Um, for something that it's my feelings, it's a much more, it's, it's a deeper dive into 
exploring my feeling about it and then challenging and changing it, right? So uh, because, because I am a Gemini, because I am a therapist, because I believe I'm an Enneagram 4, I'm almost positive. I, I'm super I'm intense an eight. with my emotions. An 8? I'm an 8. What is an 8? I don't know. A nightmare. <laughs> just as a daydream. <laughs> it's just a sweet dream. Oh, Let me look it up. I have to. On Enogram. How do you spell that? E-N-N-E-A-G. What are you, a fucking genius? God. I mean, yeah. Is that even a question? I mean, it was, but... <laughs> but now you know. Self-confident, strong, assertive. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive. It can be egocentric and domineering. For me? Domineering, I can see that, yeah. Not egocentric. I was going to say, I'm not egocentric. No, you are not. Who should an Enneagram 8 marry? Just let me explore that. <laughs> they pair well with 9s. Fuck that. They pair well with 4s. Always. <laughs> Always. Oh. <laughs> oh my on today's God. tangent we're gonna explore enneagrams maybe we'll do a whole episode on this one day please tell me what you're reading I google, bitch i googled enneagram four and the first google question are enneagram four narcissists <laughs> oh. <laughs> i do not think you're a narcissist for the record i'm not a narcissist what the fuck <laughs> Is an Enneagram type 4 rare? You know what? We are so fucking extra. I can't even begin to tell you how extra. I was told that 8s were rare, but I know quite a few 8s, so I don't know if that's true or not. Enneagram 4s are not rare. We just probably like to think that we're rare because we're extra (laughs) as fuck, a.k.a. Gemini's extra. I can admit it. Dude, in all the books that you gave me, there's an Enneagram book. You're like, yeah, I don't want this. So I took it. Yeah, because, like, I don't want to read that shit. (laughs) That's what I have Google for. <laughs> I just want, like, I want Snapchats. I want, I, want, I want snap judgment things. Feed me with, like, little bullet points. I don't want to read a whole fucking book about it. Um, why don't they have Enneagram 4? We're self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. What? No. Not reserved. I am At self-aware all. and sensitive. Yeah, but you're not reserved. No, but you're also not egocentric. That's true. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but also can be moody and self-conscious. What? Get out of my soul. Excuse me? <laughs> Just Withholding use themselves my name. from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. If you don't get your fucking full of yourself <laughs> ass. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to uh, disappointment. That's me. That's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> What are you talking about? It's dumb. Anyways, <laughs> so in the very beginning of this, I talked about what is radical acceptance, right? Sure. So now, what has to be accepted? Okay? So reality, okay? As it is, guys. Mm-hmm. As it is. The facts about the past and the present are the facts, even if you don't fucking like them. Yes. The facts That's are the facts, not your even feelings. Even if you don't not agree with your them. feelings. Yes. Yes. There are limitations on the future for everyone, but only realistic limitations need to be accepted. Hear me out when I say this. There are limitations on the future for everyone. Look at the realistic limitations. Stop catastrophizing things. If you don't know how to stop doing that, go to the Cognitive Errors episode and listen to it and start working on that shit. Three, everything has a cause. 
including events and situations that cause you pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Everybody hear that? Everyone? Everything happens for a reason. I get, I get, hear me when I say this, I get that is, it sounds like a bullshit cop-out excuse, right? I get that. Think about it, though. Think about every time in your life you weren't given or granted or shown or awarded something you wanted. How many times did you look back, because hindsight's twenty twenty? how many times did you look back and say, thank God that never fucking happened? Mm-hmm. When I first started in my career, I, like, doing outpatient therapy was the dream job, right? That was the goal. And part of me was like, I'm never going to get to that fucking place. So when I was working for foster care, I applied for a CPS job. And I was like, I want this job so bad. Pays $19 an hour, fresh out of college, right? So I was like, sure. $19 an hour, that is phenomenal. Oh, my God. Bitch, I cannot. I literally think about it at least once a month. I'm not kidding you. Once a month. Bro, that would have burned you out to the point where you wouldn't have wanted to continue. Stephanie, I would have literally. You would have been a cynical, unempathetic fucking mess. Literally, I would have went off grid. I would have been like, I don't care about anybody. Working where we worked, I feel like, did that enough. Absolutely. Oh, my God. My Mm -hmm. spirit would have been crushed. Mm -hmm. Crushed. So every, like, once a month, I'm like, God, thank the universe. Thank God. Thank whoever the fuck is out there listening. Thank you, my spirit guides. Thanks, Grandma and Grandpa up there, even though you weren't up there at the time. Thank you for not letting that happen. Holy shit. again, it's understanding that there is a lesson to be learned in every fucking experience we have. Every experience, there is a lesson to be learned. But you have to make the decision to want to look for it, right? You have to make the decision to say, what did I learn from this? What did this teach me? What can I do differently? What was in my control? What wasn't? I think that's what fucked me up with radical acceptance so much. Obviously, I have control issues or had. I am working on them. And it was the mere fact that I didn't have control over the situations and it made me so mad, right? Like it just upset me that I couldn't control certain outcomes of certain things or I had this expectation in my head of how something was going to turn out and it didn't and then I was disappointed and I couldn't deal with the disappointment. Like it's just this whole big fucking mudslide of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Once you get to the point where you're like, Bro, you're not supposed to fucking control everything. You're not supposed to know what to expect at all times. You're not supposed to be able to predict things. Shit changes. It really does. The more you try to control a situation or an outcome, the less fucking control you have. I will stand by that statement for the rest of my life. The last part of what has to be accepted is that life can be worth living even with painful events in it. Mm Mm-hmm. That, to me, is probably the biggest driving force for radical acceptance because we work with a lot of clients. We're used to. I mean, we still do, but not as heavily as we not used to. to. We work with a lot of, yeah, work with a lot of clients who view their situation as not getting better. We've worked with a lot of suicidal clients before. And when you are in that tunnel, when you are in your mind so far deep in it, it doesn't seem that there is an out. That is the whole important part of having a therapist and a support system for them to be able to help guide you to see that there is a light, that even though shitty things have happened or disappointing events have happened or that it's a really hard fucking week, day, year, years, month, Mm -hmm. whatever, 
even though those things happen, it's still, there's still moments in this life that are worth living to see. Mm-hmm. And you, you decide what those are, but you won't know unless you experience them. So to be able to just try to shut out of like, this is never going to get better. That's that black and white thinking. And again, if you struggle with that, please go to the cognitive errors episode and listen to me walk stuff through some cognitive errors and challenging them, please. Because you're only seeing one side. Mm-hmm. And when you're stuck in that emotional side, that's all you will see. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You've made it through 100% of your bad days. Mm-hmm. You will absolutely make it through this. You just have to be patient enough to see why you made it through. So that's the, that's the second part. What has to be accepted? Third part. Oh, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to ask you, like, what has say been it. <laughs> one, what's been one of the most difficult things that you've had to accept that you maybe didn't think was even possible? What came to my mind immediately was my divorce. Dude, same, right? But what I think, and I know that you'll, well, you might not agree because your custody situation is different. Sure. Is that I only get my daughter 50% of the time. That, that was really fucking difficult in the beginning, mm-hmm. which I think when we were talking about in episode 22, when like the, the weekends I didn't have her is when I would go out with my friends and, you know, hang out and do whatever and overindulge because I think that I was running away from the fact that I was accepting or learning to accept that my life as I knew it and that I, as I dreamed of it and like, as I thought it would look like was radically different. Mm-hmm. So... I I remember talking to you when I was going through my divorce and freaking out about the lack of control I was going to have in those situations, right? And knowing that, Mm -hmm. like, I can't control what happens at his house. Here's the thing. I'm not supposed to. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to. As long as my son is safe and prepared or, like, you know, cared for, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And he he is. Every time he's away from me, he is. And so that's what matters. But, again, it all came down to me feeling like... I know. Sorry, I can hear Zeus. He's so, he's so fucking obnoxious. He's so, because Jeff got home and he's like, she hasn't been giving me attention, so are you. And now he's going to come to the fucking door. He's so fucking senile. He is a human. He's a human in a cat body. I know he is. I know it. Oh my God. Again, for me. He's outside the door. He was like. The main (laughs) issue was a control issue. And I feel like in the last year, especially I have not that I've given up control. I've just come Mm -hmm. to realize what is and what is not in my control. And I choose to focus on what is. And here's the thing you've had practice. Ab-so-fucking-lutely. And I still have to practice it every fucking day. uh, Right. So the first couple of weekends, first couple of weekends, it was like, fuck this shit. Yep. Fuck this. But by month three, I'm not saying it was easy, but it was like, this is what it is. And Mm -hmm. I don't allow myself to go further into it because this is what it is. And this is the control that I have. And that's that we're letting that lie where it is. Mm -hmm. It does me no good to go into the thoughts of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. But like, because again, we, we never go into the positive what ifs. What if they're having a great time? What if they're, what if they're building something really cool? What if he brought him to see something awesome? What if, you know, Sophie and her dad did X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. We never go into those positives. It's just like, ugh. 
is going to leave it on the side of the road. Right. <laughs> what? That's never going to fucking happen. Exactly. It's never. But, like, again, your brain in that emotional mind goes automatically to that thought process. I don't allow myself to explore it anymore. I keep myself busy. And I keep myself busy with productive things, right? Yes. So instead of doing what I used to do just going out or hanging out or like at the drop of a hat being like, you want to go here? You want to go here? Let's go out to eat. Let's go do this. Blah, 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 blah. Like, no bitch, stay at home and read a book. Mm-hmm. Fold some laundry. Clean your I house. I was just thinking about, so when I started my career at the place that you and I worked in 2010, I literally started from the bottom and I'm not even trying to like make a funny quip of a song. I literally started at the bottom. I was fresh out of grad school. Started Actually, it was like, bottom now, yeah. <laughs> I had been out of grad school of like nine months before I found a job and this was the first place that hired me and I was a master's level person and I got a bachelor's level job because I was like, I just have to get in there. I literally went through every position possible to get to where I wanted to be, but I had to fight fucking tooth and nail, bro. Like I had to prove myself over and over and over. I had so many interviews in that company and I was denied and I could have been like, well, never going to move up. Guess I'm just going to stay here in this, you know, like low level position and not move up. Did I sit there for a little bit and think that and get discouraged? I did. But at the end of the day, I knew that I had something special to offer people. And I knew that I was meant for more. That also sounds really mm-hmm. dramatic, but it I knew that I was dramatic. meant. We just talked about that in I'm episode sorry. 22. I'm sorry. I'm not judging It myself. wasn't dramatic. I fought Bitch. to the nail to get to where <laughs> I wanted to be. And then once I was there for a while, then I was kind of like... I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. So then I fought. Actually, an opportunity was provided to me when we were really slow to be a psychological assistant doing psyche valves. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Like, let's do it. I love to diagnose. And then that's the position I stayed in for the last like two-ish years that I was there part-time while doing outpatient therapy. But again, I felt like I had to... A, believe in myself that I was capable of doing something like that. And I had to be persistent and prove to them that I was... I'm not going to say worthy, that I was capable of doing that job. Because, I mean, no surprise to anybody, I didn't do well with management at my other job. They did not (laughs) like me very much. Um, Particularly, I got in trouble quite a bit when I got a different manager. And it was like, bro, I've been here for like six years and I've never gotten in trouble. And now I'm getting suspended. What is happening? What -hmm. is happening? Are there no red flags for this management? Okay, cool. But I fucking (laughs) kept going. Like... Right. Stuck with it, right? There was a lot of disappointing things that happened, and I stayed mad for a very long time, and I was a cynical bitch for a very long time until I decided that enough was enough, and I left. Mm-hmm. And even after that, I think I still struggled with accepting disappointing things, but it wasn't until I made the choice to be like, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't. This is not fun. I don't like being angry all the time. I don't like feeling let down all the time, Right. And I had to choose to change my focus on a lot of stuff. So, why accept reality? Well, because rejecting reality does not change reality. Mm-hmm. Changing reality first requires accepting reality. Pain can't be avoided. It is nature's way of telling us that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. The same way we talked about in the last episode, the judgment is coming. It's going to come no matter what. You can't escape it. And that's not meant to be like a bomb, 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 like type thought mentality. It's meant to be like, just accept it. It's coming. Learn to accept that that's what's going to happen. That's okay. 
you choose whether you give it life or not. We choose whether we pay attention to this pain or not. And this right here is a fucking lesson. The pain is happening for a reason. You choose to ignore it, you're going to keep going through it. Can't keep dancing with the devil and wonder why you're still in hell. Mm-hmm. Bitch, like, stop. Get off the fucking merry-go-round. Yep. Rejecting reality turns into pain and suffering. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Remember that flight, the delayed thing? Delayed flight, you go up to the, the flight attendant counter or whatever, and you just start losing your fucking mind? Now you're banned from flying with them. And guess what? Your flight still isn't there. So right. So now what? <laughs> now what? Now you have to now you have to walk cancellation home fee. across now the country. You to, right, yeah, you have to walk from the fucking Wisconsin to Arizona. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody's walking to Arizona. Let's let's get that set in stone. Except for the fucking sons. <laughs> Step five or point five. I'm trying to make. Refusing to accept reality can keep you stuck in this unhappiness, bitterness, anger, sadness, shame, or other negative emotions. You will just keep that cycle on and on and on. My boyfriend is cheating on me, but I'm going to go through his phone and then I'm going to confront him and we're going to, we're going to try to work through this. And he tells me he's not going to do it anymore. But then when he goes out and I'm texting him, he turns off his phone. So then I can't. And then I found out he's cheating on me again. And I don't know why he's doing this, but then he promises me he's not going to do it anymore. And so then like now he's going out again and now I'm all worried blah, blah, blah. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Get off the merry-go-round. I was literally going to say that is a merry-go-round. Get off the fucking carousel. Get off the carousel. What are you doing? You are not at a fucking state fair. What are you doing? And this is where, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I wrote a blog about this, that suffering is a choice, right? Like you choose to remain in a suffered state. And again, I can speak from experience for a very long time. I did do that. I was complacent with the fact of like, I'm depressed. This is just how I'm going to be forever. Same. I don't use that cheating example lightly as if I'm some sort of person who hasn't been through it and projecting that onto other people. Yeah, I was that fucking bitch. I was that person. Mm -hmm. What are you you doing? And then I was like, I'm going to hurt him back. What the fuck? Grow up. Ew. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that all to myself, not to anybody else. So please, I'm not projecting on anybody. I'm literally saying it to myself, which I grew the fuck up and was like, stop it. Mm -hmm. And I did. But next point. Acceptance may lead to sadness, but deep calmness or this understanding usually follows. And to sum it all up, like with what the one point I just said, the path out of hell is through misery. By refusing to accept the misery that is the part of climbing out of hell, you fall back into hell. That's straight from the fucking book. Isn't that kind of dramatic, right? From the book. Like, <laughs> fall back into hell. Like, but that's true. That's exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. If you don't understand that there's going to be some difficulty coming out of this situation, there's going to be uncomfortable moments. There's going to be moments where you feel like you can't do it anymore. If you sit there and you give up and you're like, when's the point of this? Well, you're going straight back to the bottom. Yep. And the person who put you there is you. So now, shut this off and go listen to P.S. Get out of your own way. Stop getting in your own way. (laughs) One million percent. So that's that's it. That's radical acceptance and disappointment. And disappointment, you deal with it by having radical acceptance, by understanding. And here's the other thing, other caveat, really important thing. 
if you have a friend, a relationship, an intimate relationship, family member, whatever job in your life that continuously isn't showing up for the boundaries or expectations or whatever that you're setting for them, instead of projecting anger, frustration, whatever onto them, take a step back evaluate the relationship for what it is and move the fuck on Mm -hmm. set new boundaries i'm not gonna keep going with a friendship where i am constantly reaching out and they're constantly turning me down and then i'm like well why aren't they why don't they want to hang out what am i doing stop I'm going to go invest time into other people. And if they come around, they come around awesome. But I'm not going to sit there expecting a different result doing the same thing over and over again. Definition of insanity. Absolutely. And the only other caveat to that, I would say, is if there is any place to explore your part in the situation, right? Like, am I not communicating effectively? Am I not expressing what I need to this person? If you're not, okay, then change that. See if it changes. If it doesn't, goodbye. Right. 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 Yes. It's a great episode. Very good episode. (laughs) Boom. I'm going to say that after every episode just so everybody knows because I fucking love it all. So there's that. I think we stayed very much on topic. Except for the Enneagram stuff. But I feel like like, it played really well into it. I don't know. It it worked. It did. So it's fine. It worked. It's all good. All right, guys. Catch us on the flip side for episode 24 which we have no idea what we're going to talk about no, we but it'll not. be something fucking great as per usual yeah everything will be in the show notes also as per usual follow us find us dm us email us like share subscribe all the shit we love it all and we love you guys yes. and we thank you so yes. so much for listening you guys seriously don't know how much it means to us like i i don't think words can actually truly describe what it means to us that people love to listen to us to be honest when we get messages about it it feels like christmas morning it really does only thing i that's the only thing i can equate it to and i'm not saying that to be dramatic i really mean it feels like that to me yeah even people just sharing that they're listening to it i'm like oh thank you i know so yeah we will see you guys for the next episode until then We love you very, very much. Yes, absolutely. Bye. Bye.